Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The president was referring to al-Qaeda's capability to attack the United States, which the intelligence community tells us today is not present in Afghanistan. Today I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements. Does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan, it's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home, home. I hate every single one of you who refuses to wear a mask to protect others. I hope this virus finds you. He was saying that he would go up there and perform naked in front you know, all this shit, all the people. And I was like, damn, you know, all these straight people in the world, all these millions of kids gonna watch this and no straight rapper ain't gonna say, hey, nah, nah, we, ain't, you know, we don't want you on that TV. We'll get to that in a few minutes. That is Boosie Badass. Boozy Badass. No, it's Boosie. Is my, it pronounced Boosie? Okay. My guy Charlemagne was calling okay. him Boosie. Okay. What are you talking about? I don't know. I badass. thought I said, I thought he said Boosie, but my, I don't know. Charlemagne was calling him Boosie. Okay. I'm sorry. I misheard then. I apologize. I'm not up on my rappers like you are, Tom. Do I have an echo on me? Uh, It sounds like it. <laughs> Can you turn that I off? I don't think please? you do, though. I don't think you do. There's nothing. I do. Wait, is it gone? I don't know. I, that's weird. I, that's weird. Oh. <laughs> well, don't call, call don't call him. Okay, boozy, I messed okay? up the rabbit's name. I think apology. I know better than you. It's I thought boozy. that's what he said in the thing that you sent me, but maybe I am. You don't think the natural thing for me to be would, to call him boozy? Because it looks like boozy. I listened to Charlemagne. Okay. CMT told me. Sorry. C- CMG. CMG. CTG. Charlemagne the God. All right. Okay. So. Hold on, somebody's. Phil. <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll get to that shortly. But um, I think we should open up today's show talking about what I think is uh, one of the most important stories that's happening right now that we haven't really talked about because there's just been so much craziness happening. We've been like distracted from it a bit. But um, uh, Gavin Newsom may be in trouble in California. I don't know if you uh, realize this, but there's a recall election happening in California. And uh, California has like wacky recall election. Like they have a lot of wacky stuff electorally in California because they are like really into direct democracy. So that's why they have all these like crazy laws because they have like a million ballot questions on every ballot. So crazy things can happen sometimes. And their recall laws are kind of weird and Larry Elder actually kind of has a chance to potentially 
be the next governor of California. So wait, so how many Democrats are running? So so a lot. So there's 46 people, and they're on all the in ballot. one pool. So it's a, just yeah. a plurality. Whoever gets a plurality yeah. wins. Yeah. So you don't need to win with 50 percent plus right. one. You all he it takes. You get 11 percent to win. Right. So and he's polling in first place right now around 20 percent, about 10 points ahead of the next person, and uh, that's a problem because. It's polling roughly 50-50 that Gavin gets recall. And he can't be a choice for the alternative people. So the the ballot has two questions when you get it in California, and everybody gets mailed one. But the ballot has two questions. One, do you think we should recall Gavin Newsom? And two, who should replace him? And you can answer one or both. Like, you don't have to... Like, even if you say you don't want him recalled, you can still pick somebody. But the Gavin Newsom campaign hasn't been saying that because they just they don't even want to deal with that. They just want people to pick. No, you don't want him recalled. Right. So they're saying say no on the first one and leave the second one blank. And there's like a ton of Democrats in there, a ton of Republicans, Green Party people, independent. There's everything because it's not very hard to get on these recall ballots. You don't need that many signatures. And because, again, they have these wacky recall rules. So all it takes is for, and this is probably going to have lower turnout than a general California election, but because it's weird and not everyone knows about it, and it's on September fourteenth. Sure, well, sure, and I can't imagine that there's huge enthusiasm to go for Gavin Newsom. Right, right. There's not like gotta go save Gavin Newsom because he's kind of unpopular even within his own party right now because of like the French Laundry stuff and everything else. He's not. Yeah, like, he's an effete jerk. And life isn't that good in California right now, where people are like really enthused. There's a lot of mad people and. You know, the Republicans, especially now that Larry Elder's in there, have kind of tasted blood in the water and are getting really excited. There was just a news story that people are saying that the stories about Larry Elder are driving huge digital engagement, whereas, I mean, like Gavin Newsom's spending a lot of money on digital ads, but not getting the same level of organic engagement that the Larry Elder story. And you could see that, certainly. Yeah, I mean, because he's a big name, obviously. He's been a radio personality forever. But, like, this is how Arnold Schwarzenegger got in, too, is on a recall ballot because with less than 50%, because that's how, like, their rules are. They're just kind of funky. And so, like, it... So, right now, 538 has their poll tracker at 48.8% keep Gavin Newsom and 47.6% remove Gavin Newsom. That's not numbers that you really want to see if you're Gavin Newsom. That's like really too close for comfort. So and then once you do that, the fact that Larry Elder is who's up is concerning. And that's why you're seeing all these news stories that are like, Larry Elder is a white supremacist. <laughs> so the L.A. Times wrote about him, which is very silly because Larry Elder is black. But uh, he's right. No, not only that, but he's in trouble for using the N word. Yeah, and they've carted out some ex-fiance of his who says he threatened her with a gun or something. They, they're coming up with every crazy thing. They're pulling out every trick in the book because I think they're genuinely worried about this now at this point. Oh, so do I. So do I. I think also that, that he's – I haven't seen it. I don't know if you've talked about it, but his money-raising capability. Mm-hmm. He's got a huge national audience. He always has. Um, and and um, – He's a kind of, in a way, unimpeachable, and it's interesting. You hear these attacks that he's a white supremacist, and and they use the N word, and like you're gonna find somebody, a, a black man from South Central LA, who like the the birthplace of West Coast rap, who hasn't used the N word before, or doesn't. You're not allowed to do like it's like you're stepping outside of the woke rules if you're trying to hit him on that, and mm-hmm. it is desperate, and also the fact that like. He made money in several different odd ways in the private sector. Yeah, well, that's good. good. <laughs> yeah, I good. don't care what he did in the private sector. That's wonderful. That means he didn't steal my money. Mm-hmm. And not for nothing. So we didn't talk about this story yesterday, but the that video leaked of Nancy Pelosi's fundraiser where she and all her buddies. Mm-hmm. And I know that Nancy Pelosi doesn't technically have anything to do with Gavin Newsom, but I think that stuff like that does not help Gavin Newsom because it's just 
it reminds people of the French Laundry incident, first of all. But second of all, just the raw rage. So she had this big maskless fundraiser in Napa Valley. But the help, the servants who mm-hmm. were serving her and her uh, wealthy guests it yes. all had masks on. Yes, but it also so should be said, like, Alice, but these, this was Whitensville. Yeah, this, this was in was, Napa. It, but everybody there was really white. Yeah. White, 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 white. But it was, this is who Nancy hangs out with when it matters. In other right. Words. And so, and they've like now said they're going to send Kamala to help Gavin Newsom and all this stuff. So they're really worried that he's in trouble. And this obviously, this is not good for Democrats if they lose another Democrat governor, especially one who's been such a face of like very hard lockdowns during the pandemic. I mean, Larry Elder's campaigning on getting rid of all the mandates and everything. He's going to try and do a Ron DeSantis, Mm -hmm. get rid of all the mask mandates, all the vaccine mandates. They're like freaking out. This does damage to their agenda. And I don't know you, I'm sure follow this because you're very deep in the Connecticut politics, but the, they just lost a, a seat in the Connecticut Senate in a special election too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bode well for them. And I think in general, Joe Biden's sudden drop in approval rating probably doesn't help Gavin Newsom much either. Because in general, I mean, he's seen as being a part of this, especially since, you know, Kamala's from California. He's seen as being a part of this, you know, pandemic pro lockdown. Democrat establishment that Biden is also a part of and that is screwing up everything big time. So I think that um, this race is definitely one to watch. That's September 14th, but I'm going to keep an eye on the poll. I love it. You know, I sent uh, Larry, Mm -hmm. as I call him. He's been on the burn barrel. He has indeed been on the burn barrel (laughs) podcast. Sent him a note today. He responded to me. Yeah. Uh, Correct. Um, I asked him to come on, and he um, said, hi, attend. how you doing? I hope things are well. Uh, and he kicked me over to his person. He's got a person I didn't used to have one. Who's uh, Ying Ma. Ying Ma kicked me to somebody else, and they said he can't come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a good sign. That means that they are... He's busy. He's busy in a good way. That yeah. means that they're, you know... The only reason that he would ever come on for me in, in Connecticut now is to try to raise money, to, you know, to... Mm-hmm. to but uh, yeah, no, that's great. I love it. I love but it. But I think it's exciting news. I mean, that that this is actually viable because I was like looking into it and seeing not like, only what viable, but imagine how good it would happen. be for California. Oh my gosh! And even yeah. if if he won, I think he'd only have two years to serve at least yeah, initially. He's, yeah. But imagine Pete, there were so many people in California who would hear things they've never heard before. Never, certainly yeah. not from a black man in California, and never heard before. Just the way he takes he takes liberty to speak his mind, and it's shocking. I mean, he's done it. He, when he was with me, I was like, "Oh man, we're in trouble!" Just for because he just he says what he wants to say. He's bombastic. He's uh, he's loud. He's raw, and he's he's great. I think that would be great for California. Place sucks. <laughs> yes, they. I mean, they ruined a lot in a short amount of time and squandered sort of their natural gifts as a state of all the great stuff they have going for them and of you know like the weather and the industries that they have there the film industry that text i got by the way was from my my teammate todd feinberg yeah just asking me how i felt today about uh i was it was uh, preempted by the Sox red Sox game Mm -hmm. so i had three hours instead of four and see he asked me how i felt about that so does he also miss part of his show because he's generally right so, but he must miss even more of the show. Then. Yeah. So the downside is, is that you miss an hour to talk to people, and there are people who can only listen for that hour. Mm-hmm. The upside is, is that three hours after four hours, I feel like I've been pistol whipped for forty five minutes. <laughs> after during it, I'm cool. After it, I'm just like uh, uh, my brain is just dead. And after three hours, I certainly feel more alive. But that is it. That is it. But it's always exciting, exciting, just to throw to the Red Sox. You know? It's like your famous. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> You're right next to Joe Castiglione and uh, Rob Bradford with the Red Sox. I think they got their beat down. All right. So let's get ready. I, you know what else? I'm so excited about this today's show because okay. we're taking a left turn. All right. We're going to start out where we usually start out. We're going to... Th- uh, we're going to cycle through a couple of doocy things here just because it's the latest on Afghanistan and the latest on where this administration is now. 
Um, all right, here we go. This is uh, Peter Ducey asking Jake Sullivan a question. Remember, Biden said that al-Qaeda is gone. Al-Qaeda is not in Afghanistan. That's what Biden said. And right. then the Pentagon subsequently said, actually, yeah, they are in well, That's what the Pentagon said. Now here's Jake Sullivan, uh, the genius, boy genius of the administration, explaining to Ducey what he meant. Thank you, Jake. So Friday, the president said that we got rid of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. Sunday, the Secretary of State said there is al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. So are you presenting the president with the full picture, or is he just misapplying the intelligence when he makes these public statements? The president was referring to al-Qaeda's capability to attack the United States, which the intelligence community tells us today is not present in Afghanistan. That is a bit of a pretzel stretch right there. Just going when once again. When he said to... Al Qaeda, he meant Al Qaeda's ability right. to That's pull what off he meant. it. Yeah. Yes, he meant they're all over the place, but their ability to attack has been greatly, greatly. So this is it. obviously what in Trump uh, administration would have been called a lie, mm-hmm. but this is just this administration here trying to twist what the oak tree said into and make it into something that makes any kind of sense. So they're being non-transparent, is I believe what we call that. And is saying, just ascribing a motive to it, which is not the motive or meaning to what Biden said. That's fine. They, but doesn't it make you nervous that they're giving such bad excuses? Yes. Like, it's almost worse than if they just said, like, oh, he misspoke or something. Like, that was more straightforward. This weird convoluted thing makes it seem like, I mean, it just looks... Like it's a cover up. Like he doesn't really they're, know what's going on. They're is giving what it no, like, frankly, they're giving no quarter anywhere, Alice, at all. They're not mm-hmm. giving you an inch anywhere, e- e- even to things that we were all eyewitness to. Mm-hmm. We all witnessed him say that. They're not admitting that. We all miss- witnessed him say that about the fiasco disaster that is his withdrawal plan. They're not admitting that there is one of those. They're not admitting that there's anything wrong. In fact, they're patting themselves in the back. Yeah, Yeah. they've done a fantastic thing. Today, it is not present in Afghanistan. What is present in Afghanistan right now to our forces at the airport is a serious threat from ISIS-K, which we're trying to deal with. And, of course, there's the possibility that al-Qaeda could reconstitute an external plotting capability. Of course. I mean, we expected this. We expected, of course, al-Qaeda would reconstitute, possibly attack us, and Special K to be at the airport. Of course (laughs) we thought that. We always knew that. Yes. So... If Al-Qaeda can at any time reconstitute their ability to plan an attack, then wouldn't that mean that when you say Al-Qaeda's gone, you probably should mean that they're gone? No, because they're gone until they reconstitute, and then they're not gone. But Biden's a stickler for details, Alice. Afghanistan. That's why you've heard from the president repeatedly about the need for an over-the-horizon capability that will allow the United States, working with partners, to continue to suppress the terrorism threat in Afghanistan. Not the one we had with the small footprint uh, at Bagram Air Force Base. Not that uh, over-the-horizon capability. We want a different one. From al-Qaeda or ISIS-K or anyone else. Just as we work to suppress the terrorism threat from al-Qaeda and ISIS in Yemen, in Syria, in Somalia, in the Islamic Maghreb, in many other countries. And let me just finish by saying president has been clear that from his perspective, American counterterrorism capabilities have evolved to the point where we can suppress that terrorism threat without keeping thousands of... I like how they write into this from his perspective. So, but if we can prevent terrorism without having troops there, Mm -hmm. it seems like a pretty big coincidence that the second we pulled troops out, there was a terror threat. Right, and even though right, and even though troops are still there, and then more are there, and we're there too. ISIS K is there, and I could attack us. So, but doesn't I mean? Doesn't that just show that the whole thing is completely made up? Because he's saying that we have the ability to root out terror threats without having a troop presence there. We have uh, over the horizon. We have our capabilities have evolved. We can now keep track of terror threats without <laughs> troops on the ground in Afghanistan. But it's just a pure coincidence and totally at random that days after we pulled the troops out, there was a huge terror threat. It's a good point, Alice. If we have this over horizon, over the horizon capability in uh, Joint Base Xanadu, you figure that maybe 
we could have used it to knock out Special K before they became a character in our <laughs> lives a few days ago. But no, there was no that was not happening. Or the new ISIS, or the new like, new Caliban, and the, the, all the new well, parties. Well, because of course, of course, it's clear that the reason why this is happening and we're dealing with terror threats against Americans in Afghanistan now is because we pulled the troops out and allowed the Taliban to take over the country. Right? I mean, doesn't that seem like that would be the obvious conclusion to draw? Yes, I would say there was a vacuum created. <sighs> Tens of thousands of troops on the ground in a country. We have proven that out in other countries. Okay, whatever, kid. Whatever. Good luck with that. Uh, this is the the audio of the day. This is Ducey getting himself in trouble. Listen to uh, Pisaki. Salty Pisaki. Uh, P-S-A-L-T. She had to come back from her uh, vacation. Does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan. It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are it's an understandable mistake considering many of them are telling reporters they're stranded. You know, yeah, they're and there's been plenty of headlines. Right. NBC News had a headline yesterday about Americans stranded in Kabul. Like they're is, absolutely not stranded. They're fact, simply unable to leave or move and trapped, uh, uh, contingent upon being saved by Americans. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's irresponsible to say that they're stranded. I mean, right. where I are can't the get big- a flight out. I want to go, but I can't leave because Special K is now in the area. Regardless of our over-the-horizon uh, capabilities. Where are all the brave firefighters in the media, by the way, uh, complaining that the White House just called their headlines irresponsible and said it's dangerous for them to say that Americans are stranded in Kabul? Journalists are being killed around the world, so and especially in that area. We're committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them. You're not stranded if we are committed to getting you. Mm. That's right. You're Why right. do we have to be committed to getting them if they're not stranded? We're committed, Alice. So nobody's mm. stranded. Via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get... You know what? Isn't it great that the White House does not like that word, stranded? It's way too accurate. Stranded. Stranded mm-hmm. is what they are, as a matter of fact. Uh, or you could say they're... Uh, captive how about that yeah they're certainly stranded get them home if they want to return home there are no americans stranded is the white house's official position on what's happening in afghanistan right i'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding americans in afghanistan when i said when we have been very clear that we are not leaving americans who want to return home we are going to bring them home and i think that's important for the american public to hear and understand well until you're unstranded i think you're stranded uh and did you hear the shirty tone? Every American that wants to get home, we are bringing home. Oh, that one, here we go again with the ones that want to leave, we're taking home. Did you say shirty tone? Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Shirty tone? Shirty means like annoyed. Yeah. I love that, else. That's very alluring of you to say that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there you go. It, it, it just tells you all you need to know that they, they're very scared of that word. They don't like it. They don't like the messaging. They don't like she. She took it to task because she doesn't appreciate him using that kind but of. But what like- are they going to do? Because this narrative is going to run into reality at some point here. They can quote us this these numbers of how many thousands of people they've gotten out without telling us how many are American citizens, and they can sit here and tell us nobody's stranded, and they can sit here and tell us that. You know, everybody who wants to leave can absolutely, definitely leave. There's no problem. But the deadline's going to come. It's a week right. away and, you now. Know, and, and stranded may turn into, depending, may turn into lost. Now, the administration will say it means unaccounted for, possibly voluntarily unaccounted for. But it's fair to say lost once they go lost. But if there's also, this is, you know, this is 2021. People have cell phones, and this is how we're getting a lot of this information right now, is people are texting out of the country to say, 
Help us! We're stranded, and they're you're talking. You're not stranded. They're talking to NGOs. We're coming to get you. You're not. They're stranded. talking to news organizations. There was audio of a woman the other day who saw somebody get shot in front of her and went back home as she tried to get to the airport. There's, I mean, these stories are coming out of Afghanistan right now. The deadline is like what eight days away now. This October 31st deadline. The Taliban has said that August. it's going to be. Sorry, what did I say? October. Oh. Um, it's boozy. <laughs> uh, August 31 uh, is the deadline. It's a week. It's eight days away. And the Taliban has said that they're not going to do an extension. And no, the although White it House was, has said, remember, it was our arbitrary day. Yeah. They were like, okay, August 31st, I guess. All right, that's the day. Cool. And the White House said, all right, we need to move it. And they said, no. <laughs> well, yeah. But they're saying... They're saying there's going to be consequences if we try and push back the deadline, and Biden at Alia are not pushing back on that. And I mean, are we really going to let the Taliban tell us that there's a deadline for when we can take Americans out of the country? Yes, they're they are going to tell us, and we're going to leave, and we're going to leave him not absolutely not stranded. But there's there. going to still be text messages and stuff coming out of the country, and people saying like. Help, we're still stranded. Vaccine it's still ma- going to be happening. Vaccine mandate, climate change, DeSantis killing people. I just don't see how this ends well because they're going to keep saying people aren't stranded and that that has a limited shelf life, that argument that nobody's stranded and everybody's going to get out. Like, that argument might work for a little while, but then I guess we'll see how successful the operation was because we'll hear from people if they're still stuck there. But... So them, you know, covering up and obfuscating and doing this little dance where they're like, nobody's stranded. Everybody can leave. We're hearing isolated reports that a few people are running into problems getting to the airport. But, like, that's generally not what's happening. And the problem is for these folks is that the if the administration is so many of these leaks, so much of this information is getting through through. Uh, democratic shill news organizations, and they're not well, stifling. We do have some new details this morning about apparent retaliation by the Taliban against Afghans who worked alongside U.S. forces and their families. I have obtained letters from the Taliban to the brother of an Afghan interpreter who worked with U.S. troops. I have obtained. I mean, Shannon, I mean, sorry, uh, what's her name? Brianna Keeler has obtained. And they accuse him of helping the Americans and providing security to his brother. A final letter, the third of three that he received, notifies him of his guilt and a death sentence. It says this, these court decisions are final and you will not have the right to object. You chose this path for yourself and your death is imminent, God willing. These letters, of course, contradict assurances made by a Taliban spokesman at a news conference last week that they would not be retaliating against Afghans who helped America as they are trying to project a more moderate image to the world. And these letters are just one example of how the Taliban are directly threatening Afghans who did work with the... You know, the mail, you see somebody actually wrote you a letter and you feel giddy inside. It's like, nobody ever writes letters anymore. The jury has spoken. You're to be executed. (laughs) Yeah, no. You've not been stranded by the Allies, but they're not around and they've left you here. Well, yeah, but that's why I say, like, this is 2021. Even the... I mean, I think the letters are the more unusual way that the word is getting out here. But there's also like social media and texting and people are getting information out that they're stuck, that they're being attacked, that bad things are happening to them under the Taliban already. And this is while we have the opportunity to get people out. I mean, if I were the administration, I would be doing everything to get people out because they're it be. Because after August 31st, it's kind of like all bets are off here. The Taliban's essentially said, like, we're relying right now. All the administration is doing at the moment is contingent upon the Taliban letting Americans go to the airport, which they're doing a little bit. And like, so if the Taliban decides they're not doing that anymore, it's going to become harder to get Americans out then. I would say so. So... If I were the administration, I would be trying to make sure that we get as many Americans out as possible. And I would also be telling the Taliban to F off. You don't tell us what to do. And we'll take as long as we want to get our people out of the country. Or 
else. But I, I mean, I don't get why. I don't get why the administration seems to have no sense of urgency about this. Well, they they are projecting no sense of urgency. We told them to leave a really long time ago, and if they want to leave, we'll take them. Alice, but they know that their goose is cooked. I I mean, they know that they're they are. Well, then why don't they try harder to get people out of the stupid country? Because they don't want to create a situation. They want to act like this is a very this is an airlift, a, a historic airlift going. With all hands on deck and only America, uniquely suited to do this, can do it. We're doing the civic air thing where we use privately. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things are happening. And so we're making what is a desperate situation to desperately ferry some people out before the gates close on us. Making it seem like it's absolutely routine. Oh, certainly absolutely routine. And and it's, it's horrific. It just shows it's a total cowardice uh, thing to do. Especially... Since on the thirty um, on the thirty first, that could be it, bang. And oh, who even knows? Who knows? I mean, the 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 thought that these guys are going to let us just leave with all the Americans and then all our Afghanistan buddies, Afghan buddies, uh, I I tend to doubt it. I think that there's these these people are not stupid. They can tell we want to leave. We're desperate to leave. If the Americans wanted to stand up and put up a fight. I think they're saying, well, they would, but they're right. not. We've got their stuff. Somehow they they know how to reenact Iwo Jima. Well, yeah, because they're like online now. Well, I understand, so but that's still stuff. pretty good. I mean, most you know, most Gen Y people don't know. And anything. by good, you mean not good. I'm joining. Is what I'm saying. Else, although you could say that cryptically, mm-hmm. the flag in Sirabachi was a pyrrhic victory. In that battle, which went on for months and got horrific for the Americans before it got better. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So listen, here's uh, Joe Biden once again. The, the This was a nightmare for me, of course. The the uh, FDA granted the Pfizer vaccine licensure. Yeah, yeah, it's official now. So Biden now officially comes down and says, I want everybody mandate. I want vaccine mandates everywhere, all over the place. Vaccine mandates, 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 mandates. We knew this was going to happen. Today I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Require it. Do what I did last month. Require your employees to get vaccinated or face strict requirements. Okay. So, just for the heck of it, I checked for the third week in a row. Just to make sure, since the news broke that the teachers' unions had mandated vaccines, I just went over to make sure to check in case they actually had, because they really hadn't yet. And, of course, the National Teachers' Unions have not. Mm-hmm. So, everybody in the world is doing this, except for the AFT and the other one, the NEA who will not make their teachers get vaccines. They will not do it. And we're acting as if this is across the board, everybody. No, they are still, this government is afraid to compel the teachers' unions to do a damn thing. A damn thing. Well, some places are requiring it, though, even though Localities, the National Teachers' Alice. Unions. So, Local- like, Bill de Blasio. No, hold on, hold on, okay, hold on. Okay, Localities are. Mm-hmm. Yes, as you get closer into areas, they're uh, here and there. And those are even splintered up into some areas, yes, some areas, No. And there's still going to be some problems there. But that is absolute. The SEIO, Trumpka, God rest his soul, said, let's do it. Cross the board. But the the teachers unions, they punted because they don't want to have to deal with this. They want localities to be able to um, mm-hmm. be able to craft out their own bargaining, etc. They want to give away this chip. They don't want the New oh, York. Oh, yeah, no. So this is the Time magazine. Writes about this. Why national teachers unions support vaccine mandates but won't require them? And they write this as if, as if it's not damning. This fall, as many schools across the country are planning to reopen for full in-person learning, parents and educators are bracing for the third straight school year to be disrupted by COVID-19. And yet, according to one survey by the Center for Reinventing Public Education, of the 100 biggest sur- urban school districts in the nation, only 13 have some requirement that teachers be vaccinated. Just seven of those, Chicago, Denver, D.C., Portland, Seattle, L.A., and as of Monday, New York City, have made the vaccine requirement universal for all school staff. 
which means that the vast majority of biggest school districts in the country are allowing at least some unvaccinated teachers into the classroom, even if they have other safety requirements like testing or masking. This should have been part of the discussion six months ago when teachers were asking for priority vaccines, says Robin Lake, Executive Director of Center for Reinventing Public Education. And that was at the at the beginning of the year. That was it. Weingarten was saying, teachers need to be first. Teachers need to be first. Yeah. And the government said, okay, you can have it first. And half the teachers said, no, no, thank you. We're not taking it. After, now, this is even better. After a summer of equivocating, both of the biggest national teachers unions have come out in support of vaccine mandates. Kind of. The leaders of the American Federation of Teachers and the National Education Association have encouraged all teachers to get vaccinated. Both unions have launched major vaccination initiatives, and both boast that roughly 90% of the teachers have already received the vaccine. But both unions are advocating for a policy of either mandatory vaccinations or regular testing with language that leaves room for local unions to negotiate these requirements with their school districts which means the national unions are caught between their public posture and the inconsistent wishes of their local chapters, resulting in a sort of doublespeak. Not a sort of doublespeak, a doublespeak. They say they're supporting vaccine mandates, but they're stopping short of demanding that every school district in America require each teacher be vaccinated. Well, you know, it's up to like uh, publications like Time Magazine and the left to call them out then, to keep them straight. The question of whether to require teacher vaccinations ahead of the school year is becoming a matter of increasing urgency as the Delta variant rips through the nation. Early studies suggest that Delta is more contagious. But the patchwork nature of education policy means that regulations are often hammered out on a district-by-district or state-by-state basis, leaving some schools vulnerable to rules defined by the anti-vaccine sentiment entrenched in certain parts of the country, including inner cities. Still, the momentum may be shifting towards stricter vaccine mandates, on Monday, the, the FDA granted photos of the same day in New York City. But it's just very interesting. She, then the Time, Time Magazine goes on to say, the unions are in a difficult position. Oh, imagine being in a difficult position. <laughs> somebody mandating you get a vaccine for something. Imagine that. The national union's hesitance to embrace vaccine mandates has hurt their reputation on a national scale and angered parents fearing for their children's safety. Yet they're reluctant to do anything that might hamper the local union's bargaining power. In other words, they're effing dirtbags. <laughs> and they're feeling the pushback because of it, which is remarkable to me. And experts say that it's very rare for national unions to do anything that would tie the hands of the local chapters. You can't do that. I mean, you would think they're, by the way, going to be fine with advocating for student vaccination mandates. Of course, yeah, no, absolutely. They already they already have. They're up students and for they students are, are available. Demand- and well, right now, I guess it's sixteen and up. You could right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Twelve then, and up. No, right now this. I'm sorry. This vaccine mandate covers sixteen and up. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, the FDA green light for Pfizer is for 16 and up. So 12 to 16 is still under the emergency, whatever. 12 to 15. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Uh, Right, so... But what I did read is true, is that um, once something's not under emergency use authorization, once it's actually FDA approved for any group, it becomes possible for doctors to prescribe it off-label to anyone. So, in theory, if you were a psychotic and you wanted to run out and get your child vaccinated as soon as possible and you were mad it wasn't approved yet, you could take your child to the pediatrician's office now and demand that your doctor give it to them off-label. Oh, very nice. So, just letting all you big vaccine advocates out there know that you can go vaccinate your kid now so you can stop yelling at me to put a mask on my kid. All right. So, you ready for me to get real with you? Yes, Tom. Oh, my pan was off. I'm a little bit to the right. Sorry, guys. Obviously, one of your kids messed with my stuff. Yeah, probably. 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 Stop. All right. So here we go. Uh, You ready to get real? (laughs) Let's get real, baby. All right. Oh, Alice. What? My goodness. Are you drunk? I'm allowed to talk to you in an affectionate way because we're married. I understand, but this is you working blue. That's not. I called you baby. Is that blue? You're, you've That's essentially working. put a pole in this room, essentially. <laughs> and you're spinning around it looking for <laughs> ones for me. All right. So here's the deal. This is uh, the a Breakfast Club show. Like we were talking about. 
Boosie Badass, okay. the rapper, is on there, who's a rapper, I guess, is well-known. And he's on with Charlemagne the God. <laughs> Not to us, but... Right. He's on with Charlemagne the God and the uh, second chair of the God and third chair of the God uh, of this show. And they're talking to him about he came out and said some threatening things to Lil Nas X. Lil who, Nas X, yeah. Sorry, Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. What an a-hole you are. Can you imagine? God. It's a tough life for I'm you. from Lexington. I can enunciate. I know the rappers. Did you ever go to a rap concert, Allison? What were your memories of it? I'm Thoughts? not talking Talk, about tell it. Tell me about no. it. No. Little Nas X. <laughs> okay. Um. So this guy, Boozy Badass, has a problem it went after him. It doesn't like his act. Doesn't like it all. Little Nas X is flamboyant. He happens, happens to be. I think he's a homosexual. I'm not sure though. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Did you really not know that? Are you being obtuse? So, um, no, I'm being shirty. <laughs> so, so anyway, this rapper, this guy, Boosie Badass, has a problem with him. Doesn't like that stuff. And so, Charlamagne God and his crew. Ask him, because I think they like Lil Nas X, and I think they're all for it. So they they put it to him. It's like, what's your problem with the guy? And I think that this, is, that this is an interesting conversation. A conversation that other people could never have. Never have. Go what ahead. about even saying, like, you would beat his ass? And I saw Lil Nas X responded to that. You think that's too far? Uh, nah, because uh, I just be feeling like sometimes... I got to speak up because, you know, uh, as far as straight people in the world, you don't have an opinion no more on sexuality. Everything is harm. If you say anything, I'm straight. I like women. It's vulgar to uh, It's volatile. He says, where he's coming from is right. This guy, mm-hmm. Boosie Badass, could be part of Daily Wire with what he's saying. He says it in a different way, but he's saying it. Well, yeah, and you can tell he's trying to be... He's trying not to get himself in trouble at the same time. Right. But he is essentially saying, like, I'm not allowed to have an opinion on homosexuality because I'm straight. Right. And, exactly. You know, and, and then I think he says something that's non true, which is that I can't say I like women. You know, that's you know, vulgar, that ain't true. Yes, yes. No, no, but I, you, can't, you can't brag. You can't brag on I just really think, I think that ain't true. on your sexuality. I don't no think more. It's ran by. It's ran by. Boosie yeah, rappers been talking about f-ing women forever in videos and they songs that ain't changed. But maybe he's right. I mean, maybe it that's toned down. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough lyrics or anything anymore. But maybe it has changed. Everything else has changed. Obviously, you can't say the stuff that you used to be say. You can't say the anti-gay stuff that that rappers used to say. I don't think. But I'm oh, sure no. that these. I mean, so you. But I mean, but like people like. The people who have made it in rap, who are superstar Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're beautiful, ultra-progressive coastal elites now. hmm So, you know, they sound, you know, uh, you know, just like any other coast, like Rachel Maddow. Right. Right. So they're not obviously going to say any of that Right, stuff. but they influence the... The vernacular. I mean, obviously, they have an influence. Right. And some of this stuff has changed over time, clearly. I mean, like, Eminem has been questioned on his use of some anti-gay words as recently as, like, 2018. And I don't know if you saw, but one of his kids recently came out as non-binary. Yeah. I know it's a different day now. You can't. Just like the baby, like bro, like you know, like how many how many times you been on set, all y'all DJs, mm-hmm. and you heard somebody say, say if you've been on stage here at a club or whatever, and the DJ shouts this, and everybody responds. If you ain't got AIDS, make noise in the whole club. Ah! Oh no, you're right. That's true. Yeah. So he's referencing there the Lollapalooza thing. Yeah, but I don't think he means just that. I don't think what I'm thinking of saying is that that's not isolated. That's the thing that they right. say in the clubs. Right. So I mean, but just I don't remember. Did we? I know we talked about that on this show, but I don't know if I it was we... in a Patreon special or not. But the rapper 
duh baby mm-hmm. got uh in trouble and canceled from Lollapalooza because he said something along those lines like everybody with no STDs who's not um doing gay stuff. Right. And what I'm getting from here is that it's yeah, not, that's it, not that it's kind of a universal thing to say. Well, I think homophobia has been pretty prominent in the hip hop community historically. Yes. Uh, yes, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, there are, there might be something else like a, a liberation spiritual thing about some of this stuff. If you don't like, you're good to go. If you're not uh, hampered by a medical issue, STD, STDs, he said, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, and on this one, he said AIDS. Yeah, right. So that's true. But it's a different time. No, it's a different time, mm-hmm. and because he's one of the biggest. He's talking about Lil Nas X being one of the biggies, right? I thought he was talking about the baby being one of the biggies, because then he says they're trying to make an example of people. Oh, maybe you're right. You know, so they, they, you know, they try to make examples out of people. You know, so the next person who blow like this, you gonna go with this, and I feel you know mm-hmm. they're attacking our children. So that's interesting. So that gets to the core. Mm-hmm. He feels like that this stuff, this gratuitous uh, gay sex act that Lynez X has, is bad for kids. Mm-hmm. Which now puts this rap star squarely in line with probably half of America. Yeah. And it's not really a a um, judgment on homosexuality. I think it's a judgment on exposing kids to this graphic recreation of recreation. Mm-hmm. You know, you make all the up, mm-hmm. you make everybody support this. Who love these rappers? The kids. The What's kids. Yeah, but you know, you I- make no, you make every rapper go with it. If every rapper go with it, I heard. I, 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 I think he's right. You yeah, make every you rapper make... adopt this is absolutely okay signing off on it, then you absolutely normalize it as condoned behavior. Right. Well, and especially, I think, personally, that the whole Lil Nas X thing is especially because his brand of rap that he's done has been sort of almost like novelty songs. Kind of. Like the hmm. the Old Town Road song, obviously, like our kids love that song. Right. That's not like an especially adult geared song overall, right? So then you have kids who are into that, and then they know like who Lil Nas X is, and now you know he. Now his next song that comes out, he's literally half naked grinding on Satan in the video. Uh, I mean, like the. There's a disconnect there, like, with who is the audience for this, obviously. But I also have a kind of theory of why, uh, of, of why this, there has been, like, this sort of homophobia in hip-hop culture and, and why there's this pushback against the Lil Nas X thing among certain people now, which is that I think that it has to do with, and there's been this critique made by people on the right as well, that, um... That in a culture where you normalize, um, like, gayness towards everybody all the time and you say – and then there becomes always the the risk for men who are doing interactions with other men that their interactions will be perceived as gay at any time. And that leads to a breakdown in male camaraderie if there's like always this question of you know whether there's going to be a romantic inclination between you so that's why you have the joke like the sign not seinfeld i'm um, sorry the friends thing like the no homo stuff right i don't know it like you know there's a thing where they're all, they'll say like no homo but blah 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 like your shirt looks good or something the Friends did? On Friends? I think it was on Friends, really? wasn't it? Anyway, but there's the thing where you say, like, no homo, but, you know, oh, you look good today or whatever, right? So you're saying, like, I'm not gay, but okay. blah, blah, blah. And so that's sort of, like, men trying to give themselves the space to, like, be close with other men without mm-hmm. it being perceived as gay. And as you know, like, 
you've been friends with like Italians and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I know people from Eastern Europe where like men are much more like touchy feely with other men than they ever would be in the US. And I think a part of that is because being gay is less accepted in the culture. So there's never like the thought Mm. would never enter someone's mind Mm. that like that, you know, hugging your friends. I mean, Serbian men kiss each other on the cheek when they yeah. see each other, you know, like the thought would never enter their mind that that was gay because they're not like they're not obviously they're not gay like they would never be gay. But when you now open up the possibility that, you know, anyone around you could be gay at any time, you're less likely to engage in that kind of like male camaraderie behavior. And so like the more normalized you make it, the bigger breakdown there is. And I think that sort of hip hop culture has been a place that really has been a space where like where there's a real like male camaraderie and bro culture in there, you know, and and that when you introduce, you know, homosexuality as a, a major part of that, a major force in that culture, you break down some of the the male camaraderie and i think men need spaces you know where they where well, they're able to like be together okay. and not like have this yeah, but, romantic but thing didn't he say that some of it right there is the fact that he's being protective of kids and mm-hmm. also i think for a lot of these guys a lot of rappers come out of uh, tough neighborhoods in right. tough neighborhoods you can show no vulnerability it's about strength projecting strength and only and also i i i don't know the numbers but i believe a lot of uh Black Americans are um, Christians. Go to church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that too. But I think also there's that this has been a space that's been dominated by men, generally speaking to and with an audience of other men. Now, obviously, there are like rappers who are women, too. And that's that's Mm -hmm. a thing. But but in general, it's been a pretty like male space, especially this world that they're talking about. Right. Just like there's almost there's like. No lesbian rap scene. Is there? I don't know that that's true. I don't know. Is there? I mean, are, are there any superstars? I don't superstars? know enough about it, but there there is a pretty big lesbian scene amongst urban women. So, I mean, is there? I don't know. I think so, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think it's interesting, and I think that... I think that the need for the American left to like essentially like colonize all cultural spaces with homosexuality is like kind of weird and dark. You know? Say it again. I I think the need need for the American left Mm -hmm. to colonize all spaces with homosexuality is weird and dark. Like, they just need it to be... Like, everything has to be about gay stuff. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, so, okay, uh, so you're just over you. here doing rap. We need to make it about being gay. You all have to say you love being gay and wave gay flags and you can't say anything bad about being gay because this is a gay thing now. So I think there is something that American straight progressives use as a human shield to dare mm-hmm. you to have a problem with it. Right. And... Um, I you know I don't. I'll tell you one thing mm-hmm. that I think that the American, the many in the American left, use gays for pure advantage. Um, to one, it signifies all sorts of wonderful things about them, and it allows them to show you how um not only open minded they are, but how almost um cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. They are, um, and they'll pick. They'll pick out the. I found anyway. Also, these attributes that they think were wonderful, and they'll tell you, "I love Jeff. He's so wonderful. His he gets to be bitchy all the time, and but he knows the best things to order and the best restaurants, and he's the funniest guy. He doesn't care. He doesn't want anything from me. I don't want anything from him. And there's this, there's this, uh, this thing where, and I've I've also only found I've only found uh, progressives who to say blanket. Blanket, I love gays. Mm-hmm. And um, and people can love who they want. I'm fine, whatever. But um, whenever I hear somebody say that, when they say that as an accessory, like, oh, yeah, no, totally, I, I love gays. Like, I don't love straights. 
Mm-hmm. Or gay. I don't like, like there's, there's too many. It, you actually don't like most it's people. Too, no, it's just too broad a brush. When I hear somebody say, especially women, white, of some affluence women, women. Yep, yep. say, oh my God, I love gays. My message to gays would be, look out. Because <laughs> when the culture changes a little bit and they need to not love gays, it is that uh, reversible. They will happily be uh when the best thing is to show um your uh, the best thing is to accessorize in a different way then they're happy to do it they're happy to drop the last accessory and vilify if they must mm-hmm. it's always I mean, something i've just i just noticed about people well yeah and there's just like there's just a trendiness to it and uh a whole thing like I mean, and I think he's right that there's, like, a focus on kids that's kind of odd on, like, making gayness kid-friendly. Like, Nickelodeon has become, like, this bastion of gay pride stuff. Like, they're singing about allosexual family dolphins or whatever. And it's it's odd. It's weird that it, there's, like, such a heavy focus on it. And, I mean, I don't know. It There's a, a woman that we've, you know, sort of met vaguely i don't know if you've met her but i've met her but that used to live in the town that we used to live in that uh had a kid who became trans at age like four and you know socially transitioned in school and all that stuff so now i just happened to be on facebook the other day and now out of her three kids another one is a boutique transgender they're like a gender or whatever thing it's like they're like not trans like they're the opposite sex they're trans like they just are uh, they don't have a gender or non-binary that's what they are they're an nb kid so out of her two kids out of her three kids two have uh do not identify with the gender that they were born at birth and i think that that's like a little bit uh, well i wouldn't think that's just a matter of of and by the way no judgment on any of these well uh, maybe I, I don't know but but i i i, I love gays I love all of them. I know. Tom. Well, the no, the but the, isn't the, it funny is, that is you it, feel that you need to make that? Yes, that no, no, I do because already what we've said would seem because you've said things that uh, that somebody all you have to do is say the word gay and then veer from the accepted um, uh, you know supply of words are you allowed to use when talking about this, and then you're homophobic. That's all it takes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um But I mean I think like gender relations are interesting and I think So do I that's why I'm listening yeah. to this. And I think this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Let me jump back to this here. Uh here we go. Oh sorry. Who love these rappers? The kids? The kids. Yeah, but you know, you make no, you make every rapper go with it. If every rapper go with it, I heard you, you, you grab, you grab that generation. I know I loved every rapper when I was little. Mm-hmm. I loved every rapper. You know what I'm saying? I try to copy what they did. You know what I'm saying? And it's a new day now, and I just feel like you know they they pushing it on our. Oh, younger gentleman. Listen, I love rap. I love hip hop. I love our culture. But you know, I saw you say that you know you feel like he was as uh, a negative influence. Why are we acting like rappers haven't been negative influences for years? Whether it's talking about murder, celebrating the drug culture, the gang culture, violence against women, like we just as negative. So how is he the person that you decide to point at and say, "Oh, you're ruining it for the kids"? No, that is that is value. Fair value. point. This Fair is why point. this is a great conversation. Yeah. Yes, they have been saying you slap that B and, you know, shooting people and all the worst things in the world. So how is this more egregious when you have this guy, you know, involved in simulated sex? How How is that different than their gangster? Because the other stuff was masculine? I mean... I have a problem with a lot of stuff that happens in hip hop, you know, like, obviously, I wouldn't show a lot of it to my kids. I wouldn't show my kids WAP either. Right? No, it's uh, WAP, Alice. The other one's a slur against the Italian community. But well, you know what? Keep going. I thought they pronounced it that way, but whatever. Anyway, uh, 
I wouldn't show them that video either. Like, so do you think then, one's worse than the other? Not necessarily. I, I would think the squeezing off bullets at somebody you got a problem with is worse. Although none of them are things that you want your kids to emulate, especially if they're if they're young. But then I, again, but I you think, know what? Else? Uh, I think giving Satan a lap dance is up there. I think, I think Satan and the gay lap dance. I'm not necessarily comfortable with. What if what if street rap was done to the kids? I really get offended when 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 it was like he was saying that he would go up there and perform naked in front, you know, all this. Well, maybe when he says, what have street rappers done to the kids? And maybe the difference. And Boosie is just saying he doesn't like the, that he's going to perform naked in front of the kids. And that I get because that's perversion mm-hmm. with the little kids. But maybe Charlemagne's point here is, no, maybe Boosie's point is that the street rappers, they're, they're all doing things that are survival techniques in the, I call it the hood. It means mm-hmm. neighborhood. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what that is. Well, I think that there is an element of that. That's always been one of the rebuttals when people criticize rap for glorifying violence or whatever, saying essentially that, you know, people are telling the stories of the neighborhoods that they come from and the lives that they've led. And they're shining a light on something that might not be like positive per se, but they're like showing the real reality of what's going on in their lives and in their worlds. And they're the only people speaking to this reality that's on the ground. Like no other art is reflecting, you know, their universe. Right. And so, I mean, that's fair, but that's also probably true of Lil Nas X that he's, you know, representing himself and his community in the world that he inhabits and he's representing it artistically in his art. Yeah, no, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Is one worse? Is whatever. But, you know, people also have the right to not like it, too. All the people. And I was like, damn, you know, all these straight people in the world, all these millions of kids going to watch this and no straight rapper ain't going to say, hey, nah, nah, you ain't, you know, we don't want you on that TV. Nobody's saw, not going to, you know. Yeah, yeah like, I don't understand that logic, Boosie. I saw you say that uh, people be trying to be straight. How you try to be straight? Didn't it sound like he said Boozy? He said, he, uh, uh, fine. <laughs> Sorry. If you're straight, you ain't got to try to be. I don't get Run who. it back again. <laughs> On the video, you said people trying to be straight. You said, you said Lil Nas will dance in front of the men. And this, you know these little boys trying to be straight. I'm like, how you try to be straight? No, I'm just saying. I don't know how straight turns into straight, but I I may like it. And as far as if you got your kids watching TV, mm-hmm. would you want if you trying to straight raise strong young black men? Would you want? Would you be cool with your kids sitting there watching it? Strong black men not if gonna you, be. Would you be cool with sitting there? Your if you trying to raise that, and you would you be cool? And sitting there watching Nas X go up there and take his clothes off. What age, what age we talking about? You're part of the problem. What age we talking about? Because I don't want my kids looking at anything sexual at a certain age. Yeah, at a certain age. But I once they get to a certain care. age, there's nothing man, wrong with girl, that. Girl, man, man, girl, girl. I want my kids. Because by the way, saying, this is, all right, idiot number two, Che. You can calm down. These guys handle it. This is a national stage. This is a national stage. Man, Boozy, we grew up seeing worse images on TV, man. We seen dudes on TV holding guns. Like I said, you know, celebrating violence, celebrating violence against women. So there you go. That is a boosie badass and Charlemagne the God. I think that that was a great conversation, and I don't even know if they're going to be in trouble for having it. But He's th- going to be in trouble, the guest. However, we decide to say his name. Well, maybe because apart from this, he's threatening to <laughs> beat the crap out of somebody else. In the hearkening back to wholesome rap. But I mean, I think that he raises a good point because the issue isn't that Lil Nas X exists, right? It's that Lil Nas X is being promoted and you can't criticize it. Mm -hmm. I mean, people who've been on the rap scene a long time have taken their fair share of criticism for what they've put out there artistically, including from Tom Shattuck. Ooh, that's criticized. Their work quite a bit and, you know, and the influence on people and whatever. I mean, like they've gotten a lot of criticism over the years. Right. Like, but can anybody criticize Lil Nas X when his pants rip open on SNL? Did he do that? 
It, yeah, I mean, not, supposedly not on purpose with the pants oh. getting ripped because he was like pole dancing on SNL. Or I don't need I you don't sending know, me the uh, link, guys. Thank <laughs> you very much. I appreciate that. Speaking of which, Biden just had this is not related at all. So I don't know why I said speaking of which, but uh, Biden just had the WNBA champions. I saw at, it. It was disgusting. It was ridiculous. He just knelt with the jersey. He, no, what was disgusting wasn't the, the basketball team. It was him. Like getting slowly down on one knee and trying to hold the jersey, and he's like blanking out of what he's doing. It was awful. So, uh, cringe about that. But anyway, um, we will. I feel like there's something else we were going to talk about that I don't remember now. Uh, I don't think so. Really? We got to everything? Well, anyway, if we remember, uh, then fine. But you can find us on Twitter at BurnBarrelPod, Facebook.com slash BurnBarrelPodcast. All the videos are back on YouTube now and on Rumble. We're Burn Barrel Podcasts on there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.